0: What's up fantasy world welcome to another episode of fantasy's finest your fantasy football podcast this is episode two i am your host will spencer uh no jalen this week uh for this episode uh he's off celebrating his two-year anniversary with his lovely wife sabria shout out to him also want to give a shout out to my uh my friend mike and his wife sabrine they got married over the weekend um it's one of the reasons why we had to push the drop date for the podcast back uh, but we're going to get right into this episode. But before we jump into it, follow us across all your social media, Facebook, like us on like our page at Fantasies Finest, Instagram and Twitter under the same handle, Fantasies Finest. You can also check out our blog too at fantasy'sfinest.wordpress.com. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at I am Hyperion underscore FPH. I had to switch it up for y'all. I know them those underscores was killing y'all from my last handle, so I updated it. You can also follow Jalen at Ace Underscore Game Time Two One Five on Twitter as well. Please feel free to share the podcast episode, like it on whatever social media platform or podcast platform you use. Share it with your friends. Share it with your league mates. You know, use it as banter points. You know, talk trash. Whatever you got to do, but get that out there. Now, in this episode, we're finally going to get into our rankings for the 2019 fantasy football draft. Um we're going to start with running backs. Um I'm going to have Ace drop his on Twitter. He's going to he should have a free moment to do that, you know, in between his little his celebrations, you know, for his anniversary, but he'll be willing to I'm going to get him to drop his list. I'm going to go through mine for this episode. What we're going to do is we're going to do each position and we're going to give our top 20. So for this episode, we're going to do one through 10. And in our next episode, we're going to do 11 through 20. And we're going to keep going until we finish in these position. But before we get into that, let's look around the NFL and see what's going on for the news. Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott was detained and then released after a conversation with event security staff at the EDC in Las Vegas. TMZ dropped a video about the incident, uh, shows him arguing with a woman who's presumed to be his girlfriend. Security staff got involved. In the, encounter, the video shows the encounter between the staffer and Ezekiel Elliott. To me, I think it's a big flop. I don't think that there will be much coming from it as far as uh, suspension from the league. Um, it looks like a big misunderstanding. Uh, the Ezekiel Elliott's lawyer and Stephen Jones have spoken out about it, stating the same thing, that it's it was a big misunderstanding and that uh, they don't think that the league will get involved as far as discipline. Um, it, Ezekiel Elliott does need to be smarter in situations like this. Um, So so that he doesn't get into trouble because everyone is watching him now. But as far as fantasy is concerned, I'm not concerned about it. I don't think the league overall is concerned about it. They'll probably talk to him at the most. Like, yo, you need to pay attention and be more careful about what you do and stop finding yourself in situations like these. But I don't think there's anything that will come from it. In other news, Ben Roethlisberger admits that he was too hard and criticizing Antonio Brown, saying, I'm truly sorry, truly sorry, and genuinely sorry about the situation. A.B. responded via Twitter, calling Ben two-faced. Antonio Brown is fed up with Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, particularly, you know, Ben Roethlisberger for coming at him uh, last season. It's just, it's a circus right now. So anything, that, anything in regards to Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers, or them mentioning Antonio Brown is just probably going to end up in the same way. The Patriots extended Julian Edelman for two years, giving him a two-year extension worth $19 million with an $8 million signing bonus. That's pretty solid for a slot receiver in New England, but that's Tom Brady's boy expect to see him dominate in that slot role as the Patriots offense looks to change from the style of play that they had last year uh, with Rob Gronkowski as one of the feature pieces. The way that they brought in a lot of wide receivers in this offseason kind of tells you that they may be going in a different direction. What direction that is, we probably won't be able to find out until we get closer to the season. Washington Redskins running back Darius Geis is a full go for training camp. Uh, he tore his ACL last year. Uh, earlier reports about Darius Geist were that he was coming along a little slowly in terms of his recovery, but it seems like all is well. And heading into ha- heading into training camp, he will have no limitations. And speaking of no limitations, Carson Wentz will have no he- no limitations heading into training camp and OTAs. Uh, in this coming season Um, it's particularly good to see a player like that come back from injury Uh, he's had to deal with back and knee issues Uh, so it's good this for the philadelphia eagles in particular to have their starting quarterback come into otas uh, with no no limits he will participate in seven on seven drills and he'll be Able to do a lot more as they head into training camp, but that'll wrap it up for our news segment. Now let's get into the good stuff. Uh, we'll be getting into our rankings for the 2019 fantasy football draft. Like I said before, we're going to start with our running backs. So let's get started. All right, now it's time for us to get into our 2019 fantasy football draft rankings. Uh, like I said before, we're going to get into the running backs first. And then we'll proceed and go, you know, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, you know, through the the course of our episodes. And we're going to give you our top 20. Today's episode, again, will be 1 through 10, and our next episode will be 11 through 20, and we'll go on like that. Now, if you're new to fantasy football, you may be wondering, well, this is my first draft. I know a couple of big names, but why should I go for these guys? What Running back, should I go for in later rounds? What am I looking for when I'm drafting fantasy players? Now, from my experience, one thing is that a couple of things rather uh, that I've looked for when uh, drafting any player, especially running back, is you know how many carries are they getting? Is the running back that I'm picking is he versatile, meaning can he run out of the backfield and catch? This is depending on what league you're in, what the settings are. Get more points for a running back that can catch out of the backfield uh, in PPR formats than you do in standard. You still get the passing points, but you get the added bonus of the catches that they make in PPR. Uh, You know how how do they look in the red zone? Are they getting those looks in the red zone? Are they getting those touches when they when the offense gets you know under the twenty yard line or closer to the goal line? Are they getting those looks? Are they injured a lot? The worst thing that you can have is an injury-prone running back. Picking them in the wrong spot gets more risky than it would be picking an injury-prone running back in the later rounds. Are there any changes to the offense? They draft new players. Is the offensive coordinator going from a run-heavy type of offense to a passing offense? These are some of the things you might need to look at, and it may seem a little bit overwhelming at first. But believe me, as you get more experience in the draft, Start paying attention to some of the off-season news. It's not as complicated and overwhelming as it might seem. So let's get into my rankings. Um, we already gave you, me and Jalen already gave you our top three last week at the end of episode one. Uh, mine's, I'm going to give you mine, so a reminder. My top three were Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, and Christian McCaffrey. Now, the reason why I picked these guys, uh, be in my top three and to be in my top ten list to start it off is because of a few things. When you look at these three guys, Ezekiel Elliott, particularly Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley, those guys are going to get the most touches out of all the running backs that are in their their group. Um, They're going to get the most touches for the team. Um, They are one of the focal points in that offense. So you don't really have to worry about oh is Ezekiel Elliott going to get you know all these is he going to get enough touches to be to warrant you know picking him in the top five running backs? Uh, same thing for Saquon Barkley. You know these guys are going to get the workloads. These are guys going to get the heavy workload. Uh, as far as Christian McCaffrey, he proved last season that he can get uh, he can carry workload for Carolina Panthers and he's put on weight, but. I, I'm going to get. I'm gonna break down each one as to the re- reason why I have these guys where I have them. Uh, now, like I said, Ezekiel Elliott is my number one running back uh, out the gate. A lot of people have uh, asked me, like, you know, well, why not Ty Gurley? Well, we understand that Todd Gurley is still going through some things with his knee. He's a bit too risky for me to draft him that high. So I wouldn't bother taking him. If I'm gonna use my first round pick, my first overall draft pick, I'm gonna get somebody that I know that is going to get the workload to compensate drafting that person set that high. Now I know Ace Palin told me last week that you know I shouldn't take Ezekiel Elliott. Number one, you know, he's that's too high, he's not getting enough touches in the red zone, he's not scoring enough touchdowns. The reason why I have Ezekiel Elliott at high at number one. One, he had the most carries last season at 304, and that ranked number one among running backs in the NFL. That's a good start. Uh, number two, he had 95 targets, ranked fifth among running backs. He finished in the top five last year in both PPR and standard league scoring. The one thing, another factor that bodes well for him is that he had 51 red zone touches uh, last year, ranked fifth among running backs. Now, while he didn't translate a lot of those into touchdowns, he had six on the ground and, I think, three passing. I think that's going to change for him uh, coming into, this, into the 2019 season. The reason being is because they're getting a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. Scott Linehan isn't there anymore. Jerry hasn't extended Jason Garrett. These Some of these things are a little bit intangible, so just bear with me. These things are going to factor in how Ezekiel Elliott is used in offense. He is the driving force in that offense on the ground. He is one of the focal points in the Dallas Cowboys offense. And because of the fact that he didn't get, he didn't translate a lot of those red zone touches into touchdowns, um, they're going to make sure that he gets in the end zone as one of those big offensive pieces. You know, the offensive line is coming back together. Travis Frederick is healthy. You know, there's a lot of things that are molding into that way that will make Ezekiel Elliott worth that number one overall pick. I have uh, Saquon Barkley at number two. Uh, he had 87.9 snaps. snap shares last year. He was ranked uh, fourth, which means he's going to – and I expect that number to go up. He's going to be the focal point in the Giants' offense on the ground and in the passing game. Eli is getting older. The wide receivers aren't as good as they used to be without Odell Beckham there now that he's in Cleveland. Saquon Barkley is going to be relied on heavily this year. He had 261 carries last year, which ranked second among running backs. 121 targets, which ranked third among running backs. And he ranked third in red zone targets uh, with 61. Now. The only reason that I don't have Saquon ranked over Ezekiel Elliott is because I think that coming into the 2019 season, Saquon is going to see a little bit more of the opposing defense as opposed to how Ezekiel Elliott may see it. I think Saquon is going to see a little bit more loaded boxes because you don't have Odell Beckham there anymore to ward off guys because he can beat you so many ways. You have Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate. Both of those guys are relatively slot receivers. You have Evan Ingram, who I think is going to be very good this year because the targets are going to have to be disseminated amongst the other uh, wide receivers. But I think Saquon is going to have a little bit more adversity this year. Offensive line is not that good. Eli, he can be skittish at times. And when you have those things work against a running back like they do, I don't think Saquon is gonna have as great a year as he could have. He's still gonna be picked very high. I don't have him falling out of the top three. I think that the number two spot warrants him a little bit better because of what could the possibility of him seeing more of the defense than you know the rest of the running backs on the list going down. Number three, Christian McCaffrey. One thing I like about Christian McCaffrey is his versatility. I think he's going to get more carries this season. He could threaten to end up as a top two, two or three running back because of the amount of uses that he has in the offense. He had 261 carries last year, which ranked second. He ranked fourth in red zone targets with 60. So he was just one behind Saquon Barkley. He actually had 124 targets, which ranked first. So Christian McCaffrey is, he basically is a short passing game and running game for the Carolina Panthers. There's no real back behind him. Uh, They drafted Jordan Scarlett. I think he was later on in the draft, I think around 5 or 6. So he's not really much of a threat to Christian McCaffrey's workload behind uh, Christian McCaffrey is just a Curtis Artist pain. Not really that much of a threat to take away snaps from Christian McCaffrey. So you know, he, he's a solid three if Saquon and Ezekiel Elliott are off the board. That's who you should target next, just based off of the amount of uses that he's going to get in that offense. Coming in at number four, I have Alvin Kamara. Now, I can see why some people would want Alvin Kamara to get a little bit higher on, on uh, a top 10 ranking. The thing about it is, I Alvin mean, Kamara still has someone behind him that's going to take snaps away from him. Now, I'll give you some of the numbers he had last year. He had 66.3% snap shares, which ranked 12th. Now, when I say snap shares, I've said it a lot. I've said it quite a bit so far in this uh, podcast. What that means is that this is the amount of carries he's getting amongst the group of running backs that they have for that team and how it's ranked against other running back groups. Alvin Kamara is still going to be splitting a bit of the workload with Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray is going to have that Mark Ingram role. Now, I will say this. I think that Alvin Kamara is going to be a little bit more lethal in the passing game as opposed to in the running game. Meaning Latavius Murray isn't really a threat as a passer as he is as a runner. Alvin Kamara can do both. They're not going to run Alvin Kamara into the ground for the course of a 16-game season when they have Latavius Murray there. So Latavius Murray is going to get some of the workload on the ground. They're going to be versatile in their usage with Alvin Kamara, using him in the run game, and then using him in the passing game. And I think he'll get a little bit more of a share than he did last year, but it won't be enough to make him significantly higher in the ranking. Now, I get that he scores. He does score for the New Orleans Saints offense. He's pretty good at it. He had 72 red zone touches, which ranked second. But he only had 194 carries last year, which ranked 16th. He had 104 targets, which ranked him fourth. He did finish pretty well in last year's fantasy season. He finished fourth in PPR and Standard League. The only thing about him is that you got to expect the Saints, they want to keep him fresh. He's going to be sharing the workload a little bit in that offense. Coming in at number five, I have Ty Gurley. The only reason I have Ty Gurley that low is because we just don't know what's going on with his knee. You know, there have been reports about, you know, he's doing fine and people close to him are saying that, you know, the knee's not to be worried about. But everything that the Los Angeles Rams have done kind of speaks in contrary to that. They went out and they. He signed Malcolm Brown. He drafted Darrell Henderson. The Rams, Sean McVeigh, has said, you know, oh, Gurley is good. There's nothing to worry about. You know, he's going to be fine. He's still the focal point in our offense. When you do things like this, bringing in extra help, all the treatments that are reported that Todd Gurley has to go through, as far as, some as far as stem cell injections, it's just a lot. It's just a lot of guessing around that, around that knee. Until there's more concrete information about that knee, I can't really justify moving him up my ranking to a higher spot outside of five. Now, if I'm picking fifth or sixth or seventh in a fantasy draft, I'm not letting Todd Gurley slide by me. What I'll end up doing, and this is a strategy for me, what I would end up doing is I would come around, I would take Todd Gurley, and either draft running back heavy, just to compensate in the event that Todd Gurley does go down, or I grab Todd Gurley and then make sure that I grab Darrell Henderson as his handcuff. That way, either way, I'm secure at having one of the best running backs in the league still remain the focal point in the Rams offense. And in the event that he does go down, I still have his handcuff. Now, I'll give you some of Todd Gurley's numbers from last year, too. Ty Gurley, had 256 carries. He ranked him fourth among running backs. 81 targets, which ranked seventh. And then 73 red zone touches, which ranked first. So You see how productive Todd Gurley can be when he's healthy and when he's still the focal point in that Rams offense. He finished third in PPR and first in standard league scoring. That's pretty good for a running back. He's been dynamic the last couple of seasons. It's unfortunate that he has to go through this knee um, injury stuff right now. But he's still a bit of a risk. The talent is too big to ignore. That's why I have him at fifth. Coming in at number six is David Johnson from Arizona. David Johnson had a pretty bad year last year. Just watching his games, it didn't look like he was being used enough. The offense altogether just looked discombobulated. Despite that, he still finished ninth in PPR scoring and 10th in standard league. So he still managed to finish as a top 10 running back. He had 258 carries, which ranked third. 76 targets, was ranked 11th. He had 35 red zone targets, which was ranked 15th. Now, that's the number that I want to see go up. The assumption is that he'll be used more in a new head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. His uh, air raid offense is welcoming to a running back with the skill set that David Johnson has. Johnson is versatile enough that he can be used as a runner and a passer. So I expect those red zone targets to be going up this season. I, I want him to be able to finish higher uh, amongst running backs because he just he's a guy that has the talent. He just needs to be used right. I don't think he was used too well last year under the old guard. With those changes to the offense, um, that's why I have David Johnson locked in at number six. And number seven, is Melvin Gordon. I like Melvin Gordon. I want to rank him a little bit higher, but he... He gets dinged up at the wrong time. Like last year, he got dinged up right before the playoffs started. I was on a roll. Melvin Gordon missed, I believe he missed like two or three games. And it was just like, man. he. That, Melvin Gordon is a huge part of what the Chargers like to do on the ground and in a passing game. He benefited a lot from the amount of uses that he had. He had 175 carries, was ranked 20th because he was sharing it, you know, because of the time he missed uh, because of injury and them using um, Austin Eckler in that offense as well. 66 targets, was ranked 15th, 33 red zone touches, was ranked 16th. Now, he did finish 6th in standard scoring and 8th in PPR scoring. And another notch to Melvin Gordon is that he was averaging almost 22 points game last year, was ranked fifth among running backs. Melvin Gordon is a steady running back. He kills in PPR. He just does a lot of things on the ground and in the air. It's just a matter of him being healthy. You never know when Melvin Gordon is going to go down. I believe he only has like one season where he played all 16 games. He doesn't miss a lot of time. He's only missed about three or four games a season, if that. But, you know, again, because of the injury risk, I got him. That's a nice spot to get Melvin Gordon at number seven. At number eight, I have Le'Veon Bell. We just don't know what Le'Veon Bell is going to do in this offense led by Adam Gase. In the beginning of the season, I was fine with having Mel- having Le'Veon Bell a little higher, but Adam Gase scares me. And I know you guys are thinking, like, you know, there's no one better than Le'Veon Bell on that team. Yeah, that's true. They got a lot. They got a couple of guys back there that could sneakily sneak away some carries and targets away from Le'Veon Bell, especially when you consider how Adam Gates used he and Drake last year, and when they had Old Man Frank Gore and Kalen Balaj there, he and Drake wasn't getting any work, or he was rarely getting any work. And he's the he's one of the youngest guys there outside of Kalen Balaj, who was a rookie. You know, you have Montgomery there. You have Elijah McGuire who. Was there from last year. Those are some guys that are pretty good in both the running and passing game. Tom Montgomery is a guy. He's more of a receiving threat. But he can't stay healthy. So I don't know how much they plan on using him. But in Adam Gase's wacky world, if he decides that, you know what, I'm not going to give Le'Veon Bell all these carries, they could be disseminated amongst the other two guys. I'm a little leery of that. You saw how what happened when Adam Gase was in Miami how that whole thing shook up when they had three running backs. It, I just have a bad feeling about that. I can't put Le'Veon Bell any lower because you know how talented he is. His last year in Pittsburgh before he moved over to the Jets and after that year off, he, in 2017, he had 321 carries, which ranked first among the running backs that year. 106 targets, which was ranked second. 73 red zone touches, which was ranked first. You know, He finished second in PPR and standard scoring. Le'Veon Bell is a problem. He has to be used the correct way. He has to get those carries. He has to get those targets. He has to be used well in the red zone. Adam Gase, mm, I don't know. That's that's just a big factor for me. So I'm going to keep Le'Veon Bell at eight. I'm not going to touch him until, you know, maybe in camp. They'll be like, you know what, Le'Veon Bell is our guy, and he's going to get this and that. That might make me change my mind, but I'm going to leave him at eight for now. Coming in at number nine, we have James Conner, who did well in replacing Le'Veon Bell last season when he went on hiatus the whole, whole year. James Conner is a guy who I like going forward. I think he can actually do well. He only played, he only played 13 games last year. I think if, his, if he was able to play those games, his numbers would be even better than they were by then he ended now. Finished 6th last year in PPR, 7th in standard scoring. He had 215 carries, which ranked 11th, so he was just outside top 10 in carries last year among running backs. He had 71 targets, which ranked 13th. He had 40 red zone touches, which ranked 9th. He averaged about 21 fantasy points per game. So James Conner James Connor could face a little adversity, too, Offensive line is still good, but you don't have the threat of Antonio Brown there anymore. I like Juju Smith-Schuster, and like the guy, rookie that they brought in, and Deontay Johnson. He could be a sneaky good problem coming in. They have James Washington. They have Dante Moncrief, but they have some guys that can catch the ball. also like Vance McDonald. I think he's going to be a little bit more active in the passing game. Those things, along with Ben Roethlisberger being consistent, Those things should help James Conner continue to be a potential threat on the ground for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Coming in at number 10, I have Nick Chubb. Now, a lot of people are leery of Nick Chubb because Kareem Hunt is there, but he has to come back from suspension. My thing about that is I think Kareem Hunt is going to get dealt by the time he comes back from suspension, which I believe is around the same time as the trade deadline. If I'm as savvy as the keep Cleveland Browns have been this offseason. I flip Kareem Hunt for either draft pick or maybe another player, defensive player that may help me out. I don't know what they would need be looking for, but Kareem Hunt is a starting level running back. After his suspension, there's got to be a team or two that would need a running back that's as good as Kareem Hunt. One place I would think of is the Houston Texans. Yet yeah, they have Lamar Miller, but he's coming into his final year, his contract. Deontay Foreman, who I do like as a sleeper, but he just hasn't had the opportunity to take over that role. So what better way to get an offensive piece as big as Kareem Hunt, making some kind of trade to get Kareem Hunt to the Houston Texans? That's just an example. But I'd like Nick Chubb's value This year, a lot of people sound like you know, based off of who I've talked to on Twitter and amongst my circle of friends, it just seems like they're a little leery of Nick Chubb. I'm all for it if I can get him in round two, or if I can get him in round two or late in round two, I'm taking him because I'm not worried. There's nobody that's going to get any anywhere close to the amount of snaps that he's going to get. They still have Duke Johnson there. That's another reason why I think they may try and flip cream hunt later on in the season They didn't get rid of johnson for a reason they really want to keep him as their passing down back keep nick Dubb as the ground up pound guy and the goal line guy they can draft another running back next year if they want to to keep cream hunt just to make him a passing down back when you already drafted nick dub the year before that doesn't add up to me now you can give give me your opinion when you when you after you hear this episode, and let me know what you think about this particular running back Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt's value with the team. But I think Nick Chubb is going to be a pretty solid this year. He's going to get a lot of the attempts. He can be used in the passing game. He wasn't used much last year. He only had 29 targets. He was ranked in 40th among running backs. Remember too, his numbers are a little bit lower, but he still managed to finish. He still managed to average uh, 12.2 fantasy points per game last year. He had 30 red zone touches, was ranked him for 23rd. And he had 192 carries. He could have had more, but he was still spending time with Carlos Hyde before they shipped him out of here. Nick Chubb is going to be interesting to watch. I would definitely keep an eye on him going through the offseason and make sure that there aren't any more changes to their offense. That is it for our, for my top 10 list for my running backs, my early rankings for my fantasy football 2019 draft. Let's recap real quick. We have at number one, Ezekiel Elliott. Number two, Saquon Barkley. Number three, Christian McCaffrey. Number four, Alvin Kamara. Number five, Todd Gurley. Number six, David Johnson. Number seven, Melvin Gordon. Number eight, Le'Veon Bell. Number nine, James Conner. And number 10, Nick Chubb. So, if you think that any of these guys should be moved up or down, let me know. I'm open for discussion. I'm not above it all. If you want to debate, let's get it. All you got to do is hit me up. Follow me on Twitter at I am Hyperion underscore FPH. Send me a message, man, so we can talk. Other than that, we will be back for episode three. I'll be sure to have Jalen on on this one so that we can debate a little bit more through our 11 through 20 and I hope to hear from you guys please remember to share the podcast share it with your friends share it with your family share it with your league mates let us know how we did we'll be back for episode 3 you guys take it easy